They are especially attuned to customer discovery. They understand the markets they're in. They're building products to do that. They're, they're used to doing trade-offs and, and pivoting. In some cases, they're forced into a team, but they don't manage any parts of the team. So they, they understand how to sell internally as well as externally. I'm telling you, product managers are the best startup CEOs. Welcome to Innovation Talks. Join us weekly as we discuss with distinguished industry guests how to refine and improve corporate innovation and new product development. Hosted by Paul Heller, Sophion Chief Evangelist. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Hope you're having a great week. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, I have two guests this time, and it's going to be an interesting, interesting discussion. I have David Cerniglia and Randy Eager. And they're going to, I'll let them introduce themselves, but they are involved in something called the Founder Institute, which uh, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. And it might be might be something we should talk about on our show. I know uh, everybody has a different level of experience with founders and startups, but it's, it's an interesting topic. So they agreed to uh, graciously come on. Gentlemen, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Paul. So we'll start with you, Randy, a little bit about yourself and where you're located. Where are you joining us from? I'm here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I've been uh, in and around the startup community here in Pittsburgh for about the last 25 years, currently working as CEO, co-founder CEO of my seventh startup. So really like Carnegie Mellon University. This is the fourth spinoff from there. I'm a materials guy. It's sort of the the hardest path in the startup world. All right. Probably not as hard as uh, uh, drug discovery or some life sciences. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but outside of that regulatory world, uh, hard tech is, uh, is a challenge. But, uh, but I, I love it. And your company is, is Sicilium Tech. Is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Yeah. What, what, what do you guys do? Again, a spinoff, the faculty member, inventor, co-founder, and I are taking his technology, which is the ability to make silicon wafers on a continuous basis. Mm -hmm. These wafers are used in the solar industry. And today's manual, very capital intensive process, we're able to cut the costs in about in half. Maybe uh, equally as important, we use about half as much CO2, half as much energy to produce this. And if you know anything about the solar world, our raw material today uh, most of the wafers are produced in China, where unfortunately uh, forced labor is used in producing the polysilicon, which is the raw material. So we intend to make this in the U.S. with U.S. polysilicon, so we have none of these uh, forced labor issues. Wow, wow. So touching all aspects of, of, of <laughs> yes, on yeah. that one. Good, good. And David, welcome to the show as well. Where are you joining? I think you're also joining us from Pittsburgh, right? <laughs> also, also from Pittsburgh as well. That's right. Yeah. So I came from this, as I heard Randy talking about that, I kept saying to myself, and this is why I like software so much. <laughs> <laughs> every, every time I hear it, uh, low CapEx and slightly quicker time to market than some of the things that Randy works on. Right. I actually came to Pittsburgh, interestingly enough, through, through Carnegie Mellon. I came here as a graduate student, but I was actually in the humanities. So I came here working on a 
PhD studying 18th century British literature and culture. So as far from any of this stuff, software or silicon as, uh, as you could imagine. Yeah. But was always really entrepreneurial uh, since I was in, you know, high school and had small businesses and, you know, through my adulthood, was always doing things on the side. Uh, eventually found myself running a, a tutoring business with a business partner doing college admissions counseling and standardized test prep. So SAT and ACT test preparation. Eventually wanted to turn the business into a software product and hired some outside developers to start building this software for us to help score tests and help people manage their their tutoring businesses. Um, and that's how I met Randy. I, I applied to the Founder Institute, uh, which is a pre-seed startup accelerator that has chapters all over the world. So joined the one in Pittsburgh uh, with this product, um, went through it, learned I mean, I, I talk about it almost every day. I say something that has some origin and something that I learned in Founder Institute. And coming out the other end of that accelerator, I realized that I was not as interested in the business I was building, but I was really interested in building software products. So sold my businesses to my business partner, went to a coding boot camp, and I now work as a software developer. So... <laughs> So I'm, I'm new to newer to the startup world, but a little closer to the maybe a little closer to the to the founder experience. What it's like on the ground? Yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, I have, uh, and I think anybody who's worked in software probably has a similar story. But I've had software developers that were uh, philosophy, you know, philosophy degree, and just I mean. It, you don't have to be a, a mathematician, especially anymore where software is going to be really good at software. So uh, hats off to move from humanities to software. Very good. That's right. <laughs> so, so tell us, uh, you know, you just briefly were mentioning a little bit, David, uh, that this is a, the Founder Institute is actually a fairly large organization. You know, I, I'll, I'll direct this to Randy first. Tell us about the organization and what, what its mission is and where it's located and how you got into it. Sure. Uh, if I could step back just a little in between uh, selling my, my first, having an exit on my first startup and starting the, uh, the next one, I spent five years as a entrepreneur in residence at uh, an organization here in town called Innovation Works. They're a uh, pre-seed investor here in, in town. And during that time, of course, I was pitched every week. Two or three companies mm. would come in. And, you know, this was my job, you know, building the uh, funnel and working with all the companies and ultimately leading investments and sitting on boards. So it was really was a fantastic uh, experience, except the vast majority of the people I would meet with. Really, it wasn't exciting because they were not uh, following the right path. So I would meet with companies and I would say the majority of the time they were engineering led, led by engineers. And unfortunately, many of them had left their day jobs. They really thought they had something. In some cases, they'd already built some software or, or a physical product, yet there was something missing. They had never talked to potential customers. Yeah, uh, They didn't understand how they, they weren't from the industry and they hadn't talked to anybody in the industry. And they didn't even have advisors from the industry. So they were making pretty much every mistake you could make. So 
I, I vowed when I had time in my career that I, I vowed to solve this problem. And I had time a few years ago, and I started off building uh, this idea, building out a program, and learned about from a friend out in the Valley, uh, I learned that there was already an organization called Founder Institute. So he connected me to one of his buddies there, and we hit it off and love their program. It's now 11 years old, 200 chapters around the world. And we are, as David said, we're completely focused on, I actually like the term idea acceleration. So maybe even earlier than precede, if there is such a thing earlier than precede. So we do help people very early. And, and sometimes they're, they are legitimately precede. They, they have, they're almost at an MVP, but, over a 14-week period, we help them go from customer discovery, fast-forwarding through 14 weeks, a five-minute investor pitch, five-minute pitch with a PowerPoint deck, and everything in between. So we, we cover 12 different topics and work really hard to teach them the right way to go from idea to product to revenue. We don't work on the product side. We're all external focused. It's building the business and preparing to pitch to investors. What's built in there is we really like companies that or individuals that join that have big ideas that can be scaled, you know, way outside of Pittsburgh. So no services, no restaurants, bars, none of that consulting practices, none of that. It's all, it's meant to be high growth companies. That's uh, that's fascinating. And, and so, so it's like a boot camp, 14 weeks, if I go into this with my own uh, idea, I guess, am I in a class with several others? Is it organized like that or is it one-on-one? -on -one? It's a combination of both. So the entire cohort, which, you know, the, the, the size of the group can vary. I think historically we've been 30 or 40 who begin the, uh, who begin the cohort together. We meet once a week for about three hours, one evening a week for three hours for 14 weeks. But in between those those meetings, there are a good deal of very well-structured assignments that you need to complete in between. And I don't remember, I should know this off the top of my head, what Founder Institute claims the workload is per week. I think they say 20, 20 hours a week, but it's something that you could easily spend 40 or 50 hours a week if you wanted to do it, if you wanted to do it really well. So it is, boot camp is a really good way to put it because I went through a coding boot camp and it was much the same. It's really, it forces a pace that you probably wouldn't put yourself under without some external, some external pressure. I want to underline something that Randy said when he was mentioning dealing with founders that don't have any industry experience and they start building something before they talk to customers. Even for people who know their industry really, really well, and this was the, the most important thing I learned at Founder Institute was even if you really think you understand the problem well and you understand the customer well, you still really need to talk to the customer. We had a feature that we were building something super simple. When we had our students do practice SAT questions, when they missed a question, they got it wrong. We would have them write a short written description of why they got it wrong to really help them. Like, what, what was it that here that you think you missed? So if it was a slope of a line question, was it? You know, you forgot the difference between your positive and negative slope, negative slope. You forgot the the formula. You just, you know, picked two over one instead of one over two. You inverted something like, what was it? 
So in our application, we had built this feature where when students took practice tests, they could write comments. And we were like, this is great. Tutors are going to love this thing. I've been doing this kind of tutoring for a long time. When I, and we had built it. I and mean, we'd spent, you know, a, a non-trivial amount of money to build out this feature. And through Founder Institute, Randy's like, you got to actually talk to people. And people hated it. Because they said, hey, I don't want my students to be able to write whatever nonsense they want back to our tutors. That's not what, so we just happen to have a different type of student. So anyway, one of the things that you really get out of that, that 14 weeks is they really force you to kind of engage, to get out of the clouds with the idea and get it on the ground and start trying to test it out. Yeah, that's a fantastic, uh, fantastic story. So for people in other countries who don't know what SAT is, that's the Scholastic Aptitude Test, which students have to take in order to get into a university to just demonstrate their level of aptitude. It's the right word, their level of skills. And it's a very arduous process for students to go through. So they want to study, uh, they want to get help. So that's the world uh, that you were describing there, David. Yeah. Well, how did you find Founders Institute, David? What made you uh, be aware of it? It was really good. They have really good inbound marketing, frankly. (laughs) It was something like a Google search for, you know, startup accelerators, Pittsburgh. I'm sure it was was something pretty inane. And they have really good content. And there was stuff about accelerators and background accelerators. Then Founder Institute was mentioned somewhere in there. So I was a subject to really good, uh, really good inbound. And then getting to meet Randy, really what Founder Institute is about, and like Randy maybe can talk about this. There are 200 chapters all over the world, but the chapter really depends on the people who are members of that chapter that are involved. And that's really what Randy spent. I'm, I'm very new to this. Randy and, and Greg uh, spent a lot of time building this. So maybe Randy can talk about what some of those relationships are, how he did that. Yeah, the, the programs, uh, the, I think the message there is it's the two directors that Greg Katikia, who you clearly know very well, is what a veteran of 11 startups. Uh, I'm working on my seventh. So we, we pretty much have made every mistake, maybe twice. So we, we live through experience, but it isn't just us. So every evening, again, Tuesday nights for us, 6.30 to 9 or so, we start with a panel discussion on the topic of the day. So we pull together the right three or four people, uh, you know, in front of the room will be pick a topic revenue. It'll be a CEO or two startup CEO or two, and um, maybe some other um, revenue related person uh, that can have some, maybe it's a consultant that, that helps people create sales teams, something like that. So we, put the right three people in in front of everyone and they all can learn from it. They learn from the homework, of course, but they also learn live and can ask questions and they get to know more people from the ecosystem. What we have found is that most people that come through the program, they've had day jobs their whole life and they've never started a company. They've never been involved in a startup. So they have no resources in town. You know, it takes a village to build one of these things and they have no village. They, they've never been part of it. So we, we introduce them to 40 plus people during those 14 weeks. So that I think it's Greg and I, of course, at some level, but it's these mentors as we call them. We work on this uh, 
this panel discussion, the mentors then turn around and sit in the audience and everybody pitches every night. We start with one sentence the first week and we end, as I mentioned before, with a five minute investor pitch with a slide deck and they get feedback from these mentors. So I think it's a great way to learn and we push hard. So it isn't just, oh, those colors are wrong. It's what do you mean by those competitors? Tell us more. And you know, we get into what the product is, what the market is. Is it large enough? Is it, um, you know, so we, we dig down in during these uh, pitch reviews. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, and I, I love the, as David, you were saying, I mean, one of the early lessons was get out and talk to your customers because all of us think we've got it. We know it. I worked in this industry for 20 years. I know what they need and we're always wrong. So I think that's uh, that type of advice and, and all the aspects you were just talking about, Randy, on that was is just would be so invaluable. David, did you go through it with a, with a product in mind? And at the end, did you go anywhere with it or uh, maybe decide it wasn't a good product or tell us that experience? Yeah, so I so the the product that I came in with was essentially a a system for helping people that had businesses as tutors who tutored students outside of school for for pay to help them manage their their tutoring businesses. So we had been working with developers for about a year. Uh, so we had things built. We were testing it in some local schools. We had relationships with local schools. We were starting to test this. And when I, when I came out of Founder Institute, the question that I asked myself, and, I, and I've said this to a lot of founders, we just had an event the other night, and I probably said this three or four times, really asking yourself how passionate you are about the problem and the people that have that problem, and if those are the people that you want to spend the next 10 years of your life around, right? Is that, right? Is that what you want to do? So some people like the idea of building a business, but when I, you sit back and say, okay, well, you're going to be going all over the United States and these little towns and talking to little individual tutors and thinking about the problems of small business. Is that really what you want to do? And for me, the answer to that was no. What I really like doing is building businesses and solving problems. So I eventually learned how to, how to build software myself because I felt like that was and that was really something that came out of Founder Institute. There was a Paul Graham article that they asked, who is the founders of Y Combinator, the startup accelerator in Silicon Valley. And it was about how it, one of the articles they had us read was about the power of you know, software developers and how they can create enormous amounts of value, just one person. And I was trying to raise money to try to hire developers and... I took the hardest path possible and decided to, to do it myself. So maybe I can be of some use as people start to build their businesses. Yeah. Well, there's nothing like, nothing like real, that kind of experience that you can then share. And it sounds like you're continuing now to share that back. You, you must've exited the 14 weeks, but you're still uh, wanted to stay involved in the program uh, with the, with, with the founders Institute. And uh, I'm sensing a trend here that when, when people go through this, they, they don't just then pack up their bags and go somewhere. They stay, they stay involved. They stay connected. Yeah, they certainly do. Part, one of the aspects of this is that we put people in groups, small groups within the large group, and those groups meet a couple times during the week, and they all become friends, and they help each other with their pitches. They help each other with, with homework. 
And so it's a good little support system. When you're, when you're an entrepreneur, no doubt you start something for the most part by yourself. Then it's a pretty lonely uh, place to be. So putting people in groups really, really helps. I didn't appreciate it until we did this the first time. And many of the alums really said that was the reason to do Founder Institute was to find your, uh, your patch. So I was happy to do that. We had one group from the very first uh, cohort, actually. We're, we're about to start our fourth. So several years ago, the first cohort, there was a group that still meets today. Five years later, I think. Very nice. So the, this was one important aspect. If, if, could I add one, just one more thing? Uh, it turns out from all, from all this experience of being in EIR, an entrepreneur residence in a couple of universities and other places, it turns out that product managers turn out to be the best startup CEOs. Wow. Wow. And I, we have a lot of product managers that listen to this podcast. So that is credible. <laughs> because they are especially attuned to customer discovery. They understand the markets they're in. They're building products to do that. They're, they're used to doing trade-offs and, and pivoting. In some cases, they're forced into a team, but they don't manage any parts of the team. So they, they understand how to sell internally as well as externally, I'm telling you, product managers are the best startup CEOs. That's really, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. Thanks for sharing that. So, so uh, you mentioned, I think, what, 200 or, or maybe whatever, about 200 chapters around the world. What does around the world mean? I mean, is it literally, you know, many countries, many, many, uh, is it in Asia? Is it in Australia? Where is it? Uh, Tel Aviv, uh, Munich. Oslo. Well, I don't have the list in front of me. No, yeah. That, that gives you the, uh, the idea. They are literally all over the world. Yeah. Randy and Greg were, were nice enough to invite me on to help, and I had to go through a leadership training program online through Founder Institute over the course of a few weeks. And there were maybe 30 of us, and there were people from Dubai and Bulgaria and Nigeria and Scandinavia, a few from Norway. There's a lot of really cool food tech startup stuff that happens in Scandinavia. So yeah, really all over the world. And that seems to be where a lot of Founder Institute's focus has been to really think about founders and startups globally and not just the Silicon Valley and the one little part of the United States. Yeah. 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 So if somebody wanted to get involved, uh, how would they, would they just go search out, read about founders Institute on the, um, on the internet and just start going there? Is there a site? And it's very simple. It's the website is fi.co. Wow. That's about as simple as you can get fi.co. Good. And there you can, you have access to a world of content, you can see what the programs are, which countries the programs are in, specifically which cities, and you can drill down into each session. We all run the exact same program around the world. So you can look at what happens in, in each of those 14 days, 14 evenings, and drill down into what homework. You, it, it's completely transparent. You can see the entire program. Yeah, very nice. I, I know that I've had colleagues in the past 
that had an idea and they didn't even know where to start with it. And uh, had I known that was out there, I would have said, go check this out. So it's really great that you, you, you both stopped by to talk about this. Is there any last comment you want to make before we, uh, before we close out our, our talk today? Maybe this is helpful. Most of the chapters are still virtual. Okay. So even if you don't live in one of the cities, don't let that stop you. There, you can easily uh, find one, maybe in your time zone, or maybe a, one or two time zones away. Uh, that's that's doing this virtually. Wow. I believe they're all taught in English. David, do you know? Oh, that's a good question. I haven't seen any that are not in English, but I'm not sure if they're exclusively in English. That's a good question. But yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure I'm sure that that part would be easy to find yeah. out. Yeah, we're doing ours uh, in person. Yeah, but. Majority are still virtual. Wow. Was it in person before COVID and then it, it went virtual and stuck, stayed virtual? Uh, it is 100% that. Mm. And we uh, we really dislike to be virtually, us, uh, right. us Pittsburgh team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we have gone back to in person. Got it. All right. Well, hey, uh, again, I think this is great. And I, I, I think a lot of people were going to, as soon as they get back to their computer after listening to this, check out fi.co and see what it's about, just to just have awareness of it. So whether you're interested in going through it or uh, you know somebody who's who's trying to start something new, uh, I think they should definitely check this website out and check this organization out. And I, I thank you both for, for, for really sharing your time today and your experiences. And, and I think what you're doing to help others uh, is very, uh, very admirable. I, I thank you for that work. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having us. Great. Have a great week. Okay, and to you, our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that. That uh, was uh, really interesting to hear about. There's there's help out there, and there's people that uh, that can can guide you uh, from uh, where you think you want to be to uh, to actually getting it done. So, go check it out. Thanks for joining us. I wish you all a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week for Innovation Talks with Paul Heller. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For additional information on today's topic, check out sophion.com, S-O-P-H-E-O-N.com, where you will find plenty of innovation-centric content and corporate best practices. If you'd like to discuss anything with Paul or would like to get in touch with the show, email us at talks at sophion.com.